close in the season of prayer and cover these requests. We'll move on into the Bible lesson. And this evening we're looking at the building of the ark. The building of the ark. If you see there on the screen, I've got four different arcs. These are the four most popular uh, arcs that you will see. If you Google Noah's Ark, this is the ones that you'll see. The one there in the bottom right is the one that you'll see the most, uh, um, but uh, these are the most popular arcs that you'll see. If you Google uh, Noah's Ark, actually the one there on the top left, uh, this is a uh, replica. I think it's not quite full size, but it's built according to the correct proportions. A guy in uh, Netherlands built this ark. Uh, he built it with himself and just his family and friends. They built this ark. I forget how long it took them to build it. Um, and then after they got it complete, he actually set sail with it and uh, sailed all along the coast with it and uh, proved that it could be built and it could float. Um, and it's uh, actually parked there in Holland. I think's where it's at now. And he gives tours of it. Uh, so it's uh, built to the correct proportions. I think it's. I don't think it's quite full scale. I think it's like 300 feet long. Um, but it's the it's the correct design. And so that one's there. And then of course the bottom left is the uh, Ark Encounter there in Kentucky, uh, which is. Uh, has been built as best they can tell to the correct proportions uh, of the ark. We'll be talking about that a little bit. The top right uh, is uh, an ark design that was popularized for a long time by Christians, uh, just a square box, uh, but that design has been proven many, many times that it would not have been seaworthy, but uh, that was a picture that was often put out. You'll see it in a lot of Sunday school literature, the square box. Uh, ark, and then of course you got your nursery rhyme bar ark. And if you've ever been to Ark Encounter, you see they have a whole display telling us just how terrible that picture is, uh, and how it uh, makes the story of Noah's Ark into a fairy tale rather than the real deal. But the building of Noah's Ark, you know, there's probably never been a more controversial subject than Noah's Ark. Not, not necessarily amongst Christians. Now I know that sometimes I'll say this is a controversial passage of Scripture. And when I say that, I'm regarding to among Christians. You know, there's different interpretations of the Scripture among Christians. Now, although there is some controversy among Christians concerning the Ark, the controversy that I'm talking about right now is between Christians and unbelievers or between Christians and atheists. Uh, many people, many unbelievers or atheists feel that if there is one story that proves that the Bible is inaccurate and not to be trusted. It is the story of Noah and the flood. And boy, I'm telling you what, they do their best to take the story of Noah's Ark and use it to, to show how foolish the Bible is. Uh, they ask so many questions. They ask, how did Noah, uh, how was he able to build the ark? How did he know how to build an ark? Uh, um, how did he fit all the animals on the ark? How was he able to construct something of such massive size? How could only four men build something like this? Uh, uh, where, did all, where did he put all the animals? Where did he put the dinosaurs? And uh, where did all the water come from? Where did all the water go? And on and on and on and on they go, trying to show that there is no way that this story is true. There's no way uh, that it happened. And you know, at first glance, the story of Noah's Ark does seem unrealistic. At first glance, it does seem kind of far out. It seems kind of unbelievable. But many times, but as we look at the story of Noah's Ark, we will find out that the more we look at it, the more we study it, that not only is it true, but it's actually quite contrary to how the atheists try to present it. 
Because not only is it true, but the story of Noah's Ark proves the authenticity of the Word of God more than it disproves it. And so uh, this evening I want to just look at the account of Noah's Ark openly and honestly. And we'll find out that this story is not only possible, but that this story gives some proofs to the authenticity of the Word of God that we wouldn't find anywhere else. And now, whenever we look at the story of Noah's Ark, and tonight we're just going to be looking at the building of the ark, and there's a lot to be covered. But whenever we look at the story of Noah's Ark and Noah's in the flood, there's definitely an element of the miraculous in this story. However, there is really no need for a miracle for the ark to preserve Noah and all the animals. Many times, you know, we want to say, well, the only way this could have worked was a miracle. And I believe that there is a degree of the miraculous. There is the hand of God obvious throughout this whole story. The protection of God, the watch care of God, it's all through this story. But whenever we look at the dimensions of the ark and the things that God told Noah concerning the ark, the ark was perfectly capable of protecting Noah, his family, and all the animals. It was perfectly capable of surviving the flood without a miraculous intervention. There's the story of Noah and the ark is a very believable uh, story. So we want to take a few moments this evening and look at the construction of Noah's ark according to the Word of God and in light of just plain old common sense. You know what? A lot of times common sense goes a long way. And we look at this in light of the Word of God and common sense. So we're going to read Genesis 6, starting in verse number 14, and read down through verse number 22. The Lord speaking to Noah here in verse number 14. He said, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under the heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And, thou, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. I thank you, dear Lord, how that although many men have tried to, to tear down your word, to destroy your word, uh, Lord, to take away from your word, Father, I thank you that when we study your word, we find that it stands true. I thank you, dear Lord, that it is believable. I thank you, dear Lord, that it is accurate. And I thank you, dear Lord, that in your word we find the answers to so many questions, uh, Lord, that man cannot seem to find outside of you. I thank you, 
Savior, Lord, that you have preserved this record, and Lord, that you have given it unto us. And now, fathers, we look at the construction of the ark, and Lord, we look at the instructions you gave Noah, and Lord, a lot of tonight we'll just be looking at facts. But Father, I pray as we look at this that, Father, we will see your wisdom. We will see, uh, Lord, how you care for us, and Lord, how you provide for us. And Father, I pray that you would just bless us now. Thank you for your goodness to us. Bless throughout this lesson, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Here in this passage of Scripture, we find a biblical description of Noah's Ark. Now, we do not know if this is the entire instruction that God gave to Noah. Uh, many times throughout the Word of God, we will find uh, that the details are condensed. I mean, the entire creation uh, takes place in just a couple of chapters. Uh, matter of fact, we're six chapters in and 1,500 years into the uh, age of the earth. So a lot of times, we are just giving the details that are necessary for us to understand the story. So we do not know if this is all the instruction that Noah was given or not. I tend to believe that Noah was given quite a bit more instruction. Uh, and the reason I say that is because we have recorded here what God said specifically to Noah. But I know in myself and in my own life, if I'm trying to figure something out, and it doesn't have to be something spiritual, it can be trying to figure out how to get a boat out of a hard-to-reach place in my automobile. And I can lay there, and I can look at it, and I can think about it, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. And I tend to pray about these things. Lord, I, I need some help. I need to figure out how to get that boat out. And next thing you know, I'll get an idea, and I'll take and try that idea, and I'll get the boat out. Now, I'm sure many of you have tried the exact same thing. So even if this was all the instruction that was spoken to Noah, I believe it is very likely that when Noah was drawing the ark out, and he was, he's like, now this is what God wants me to build, and he's drawing, and he's thinking, and he's like, boys, boys, I don't know how we're going to do this. I believe it's very likely that God could have directed Noah, and even if he just didn't direct him audibly, but he just guided his mind to understand some more details about the ark. But we do not know. This could have been all the information that God gave Noah, and Noah figured it out from there. But we do know that we have everything we need in this account to understand that the ark was a real boat built by man according to God's instruction for the preservation of mankind and the animal kingdom. We have all the information that we need here in this account. So this evening I want to take a few minutes and just look at some facts concerning Noah's Ark. A lot of this is things that you already know, but hey, it's good for us to go over these things and look over these things and uh, remember them. I was looking today, uh, I'm all the time looking at other things to teach so that when this runs out, you know, I've got ideas where to go. And I was looking at doing a series uh, on uh, questions every Christian should be able to answer. And you know what? There's a lot of times that we have an idea in our mind, but when somebody asks us, we're like, uh, 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 you know, there's some things we ought to be able to answer. And so I think being able to give solid answers concerning the ark is something that every Christian ought to be able to do. The first thing we want to consider about the ark, though, is the materials of the ark. The materials used in the construction of the ark. What was it that Noah used to build the ark? Now, in verse number 14, it says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. We see two materials that were used here in the construction of the ark. The first material that we see 
is gopher wood. Now, there's been a lot of uh, theories given as to what gopher wood is. Myself, I believe God was telling Noah to go for the wood. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're going to have to go get some wood if you're going to build a ark. But there's a lot of theories about what gopher wood is. Honestly, we don't know what gopher wood is. Um, there is no record anywhere else of gopher wood. This is the only time that this word is used in the Bible, uh, so we can't compare it with other scriptures to get an idea of what it was. It's possible that whatever this uh, wood came from, whatever tree it came from, was destroyed during the flood and never came back. Uh, there's uh, all kind of possibilities concerning gopher wood. Uh, most people try to say that it was either cypress or cedar, uh, but they base that simply on the fact that cypress and cedar are common shipbuilding materials that are naturally resistant to decay, which is a good theory, but there is nothing in the Word of God that tells us that it was cypress or cedar. That is just a theory that we can uh, suppose. Also, if you look in the original language, uh, the word gopher is very similar to another word. Uh, I can't remember. It's pronounced almost the same. Uh, that means hewn or shaped. And so some people think that this means that God told Noah to use uh, hewn wood or, or, you know, beams, to hew the wood into beams. But there's really nothing else in the passage to support that. Um, it, it really, and it also almost goes without saying that if we're going to build a boat, you're going to have to do some work on the wood. You're going to have to shape the wood and hew the wood. So then we come back to the fact that this was a particular type of wood. Now, although we do not know what kind of wood this was, I can guarantee you one thing. It was absolutely the best wood available for building a boat. It was absolutely the best wood. Now, if it was Cypress, uh, there were uh, there were a set of doors uh, built out of Cypress uh, that stood in the weather for over a thousand years, according to records, and never showed any sign of decay. So, if it were Cypress. That's a pretty good wood to choose because it's going to last and it's going to withstand. Uh, but God told Noah, he said, make thee an ark of gopher wood. God knew what was best. God knew what would take the beating of the waves. God knew what would be the easiest for Noah to work with. God knew what would work. And so God chose the product that would work best for Noah. So we know that it was built out of gopher wood. And then the second material that we see here is he said, it shall pitch it within and without with pitch. So the two materials that we know that Noah used was gopher wood and pitch. And the pitch, of course, was something of a tar-like substance, as best we can tell, that was used to waterproof the boat. Now, you know, in any job that you do, there are parts of it that you like and parts of it that you don't. Now, whenever I was in construction, we would have a foundation built. Before we backfilled that foundation, you'd have to tar that foundation. And you just get in there with paintbrushes and rollers, and you're, you're in the ditch. So, you know, a little bitty ditch like this, barely big enough to fit in. And you're down in that ditch with a hot bucket of tar, putting tar on that foundation. It ain't fun work. I'm telling you what, there ain't nothing fun about putting tar on a foundation. And so a boat the size of this boat, and I imagine that they pretty much built the boat. Maybe they pitched it as they went. I don't know. But a boat of this size. I'm sure pitch day was the least favorite day. Dad, what are we doing tomorrow? Well, tomorrow, boys, we're going to put some pitch on that section we finished. 
Dad, come on. <laughs> Seriously, it's going to be hot tomorrow. I don't want to be out in the sun. That's the best time to do it, boys. we got to get that on there. What are you doing, Dad? Oh, I'm going to go be checking on them timbers that we're getting shipped in. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's how it went. But you know what? Oftentimes in the work of the Lord, there are things we love, and there's things that aren't necessarily easy. But we need to be willing to do them all. We need to be willing, if it's the part of the ministry that we love, if it's the part of the ministry that requires sacrifice, we need to be willing to do it all because it is all necessary. But we see that the materials the ark. He said, Noah, here's the two things that you need to build this ark. You need gopher wood and you need pitch in order to waterproof it. I find it interesting that he told him to pitch it within and without. I don't know if this is just extra waterproofing, so if the outside fails, it's sealed on the inside, or if it was to help uh, maybe with the odor of the animals or something like that on the inside. But for whatever reason, God gave specific instructions. Put pitch inside and outside. Make sure that you seal this thing up good so that it doesn't leak. So we see the materials of the ark. The next thing that we see is the dimensions of the ark. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. Now the cubit is determined by measuring from the tip of the middle finger to the bottom of the elbow. That is how the cubit was uh, determined. And standard cubit measurements that we have record of ranged anywhere from 17 inches to 22 inches. And so uh, we have record of things being built anywhere from 17 to 22 inches. Uh, I measured mine. I'm 19 and a half inches is the size of my cubit. Uh, they say that a six foot three Man would have, to, Ryan, you 6'3? Yeah, 6'3 guy, his the cubit would be about 20 and a half. So you'll have to check and see if that's right. Uh, and then the shorter yard, yeah, Danny's got a 14 inch cubit back there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, depends on the size of the man, is according to the size of the cubit. And so we have record of 17 to 22. Now the Ark Encounter uh, there in Kentucky, and I believe that they have done a ton of research into what size the Ark would have been. Uh, they went with a cubic of 20.4 inches, which that's pretty much just hitting middle ground. Uh, could have been anywhere from 17 to 22. They went with a cubit of 20.4, and they actually give um, there in the Ark, they have uh, reasons why they do that. It was a common uh, measurement. The 20.4 was used commonly. It was often used on uh, bigger projects. And so, of course, this was always after the flood, the records that we have. Uh, but they used, the, you know, it's the middle ground. It was commonly used uh, to be what they used when they built the Ark. And so, according to their measurements, the length of the Ark, which the Bible says is 300 cubits, uh, that translates to 500 and 10 feet, so 510 feet long. Uh, so that's uh, quite a quite a distance. Uh, and then the width, 50 cubits, uh, that would be 85 feet wide. And the height, 30 cubits, would be 51 feet. Now, an uh, well, interesting thing to point out is that it doesn't matter if they used a 17-inch cubit or a 22-inch cubit. The proportions would work regardless of what size cubit they use. The proportions would work. Uh, if you use an 18-inch cubit, the ark would have been 450 feet long. Uh, a lot of people use the 18-inch in Bible storybooks and commentaries. They'll refer to the 18-inch cubit, and it'll be 450. If you use the 22-inch cubit, the longest that we have record of, uh, the ark would have been 550 feet long. So 
a big boat regardless of how you measure it, a big, a big boat. So I feel the dimensions, the 500 feet, 510 feet uh, that the Ark Encounter uses is about as close as we can get on an educated guess to the actual size of the Ark. Now, it's not surprising to me that these measurements result in a watercraft that is stable, it's a craft that is capable of carrying a large amount of weight. They say that this boat would have been able to haul 30, over 38,000 tons with no problem. It would, have, it would have been able to displace the water for up to 38,000 tons, no problem whatsoever. Not only that, the width and the length and height, the boat would have been nearly impossible to capsize. Uh, just the way that everything is laid out, no matter how rough the water would have gotten, it would have been nearly impossible to capsize the boat. Uh, and it would have given, given a somewhat comfortable ride, even in very turbulent water, because of the length of it, the way that it would erode on the waves, even in very turbulent water, it would have been pretty stable inside. Now, we understand the ark wasn't built with any kind of navigation system because it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't built with any kind of propulsion because we weren't trying to get anywhere. We were just floating. And uh, that's what it was built to do. And uh, there has been many, many, many models built uh, on these dimensions, all different shapes, but with these overall dimensions. And every time it results in a boat that just cannot be flipped. Now, this is why I, one of the reasons that I say this account of Noah's Ark does more to prove the Word of God than it does to disprove it. Amen. Because if somebody would have just made this story up, it's very unlikely that they would have understood water displacement well enough to put in measurements that would work as well as these measurements work. The fact that these measurements have been proven over and over and over to create a boat that was big enough for what God wanted it to do, it was stable enough for what God wanted it to do, just goes to prove that this isn't a made-up story. This was written by someone who knew what was going on. This is a, this is a seaworthy watercraft. Why? Because it was designed by God. And it's no surprise at all to me that this ark was indeed capable of the task that God intended it for. The, the boat there that uh, is parked in Holland, uh, there's quite a write-up on just how stable that boat was and just how uh, you just you couldn't disturb it. I mean, it just floated, but nothing you could do about it. And so we see here that's the dimensions. Then we have the layout of the ark, the layout of the ark. And we see here... Uh, in verse number 16 down through verse number 18, it says, A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. So we see here that the Bible records uh, specific details concerning the uh, construction of the ark, the interior of the ark. We see uh, here in these verses uh, that there is a window. Now, there's all kind of debate about the window. Now, if you look at the verse of Scripture there that we just read, the Bible really doesn't give a lot of detail about the window. It says, A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. Now, a lot of people have uh, described this as being one square 18 by 18 or 22 by 22 window in the very top of the ark, and that is it. Now, it, I'll tell on myself here. I used to ponder as a young man often how that would work. I'm like, 
There's only one window in the top of the ark. There's three stories. It's a little bitty window. How did they see? And I would wonder and wonder and wonder about this. And then one day, a light bulb came on in my head. A light bulb, really. <laughs> they had lamps back then. Them people didn't live in the dark. They had that boat plumb full of lamps. They could see. The window wasn't so they could see. The window was so they could let the dove out after the flood was over. The window was to allow for ventilation and fresh air. They had lamps. They, they carried lamps around. You know, a lot of times, the evolutionary mindset that's pumped by this world causes us to think that these were underdeveloped, ignorant people. But in truth, Noah and his sons were probably far more intelligent than we are. And you're like, oh, hold on, hold on, Pastor John. There's no way that they were far more intelligent than we are. Look at all that we have. Let, let me just tell you something. Let me just demonstrate something. This thing right here doesn't show how smart we are. It shows how dumb we are. Before I had this thing, I had probably 25 telephone numbers memorized. You know how many I got now? Mine and my wife's. That's it. I don't have any of them memorized. Before I had this thing, if I wanted to know something, I would read the encyclopedia and figure it out and commit it to memory. Now, I just Google it and, oh, okay, this thing doesn't show how smart we are. We have found a way to store information without using the full capacity of our brain is what we have done. This doesn't make us a more intelligent generation. It shows what an ignorant generation we are. Uh, Noah and his family were highly intelligent people. They understood how to hang lights in a boat. They understood how to use lamps. They understood how to see what they were doing. But we see here that there was a window. Back to the window. And there's a lot of debate about the window. Was it just a single square hole? Was it in the top of the ark? Well, what's going on with this window? When you look at the description here, it says, A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above. Nothing in that says that the window had to be in the top of the ark. Nothing in that said that it was... Uh, one cubit square. It simply says that there was a window, and I believe I could take this, my understanding is that it was a cubit wide. So we're going to put a window, and we're going to finish it a cubit above. Uh, so uh, what many people depict in the ark uh, is a row of windows along the top underneath an eave about 18 or 20 inches wide that would have went maybe even the full length of the ark. I think that is very probable and makes sense when we're thinking about we want something to allow ventilation. I think that makes perfect sense and there's nothing in this passage that says that's not so. But if it was only one little 18 by 18 window in the top of the ark, that's okay too. I just don't think that makes a lot of sense in the scope of the ark. But we see that there was a window. Uh, not only was there a window, there was a door. and God put the door on the top floor. You say, why would we put the door on the top floor? Because we in the flood waters, and we're trying to get that thing above water level. We're getting the door up here on the top floor. So there was a door, and we see uh, that there were second and third stories below uh, where the door was at. So we know that it was three-story, and I skipped uh, the there C on the there. There was divided rooms, divided rooms and three stories. So God gave Noah some details. He said, I want you to take, and I want you to put a window. I want you to put a door. And he said, I want it to have three floors. He said, um, if you back up to verse number 14, he said, and I want there to be rooms 
in the ark. So God gave Noah some details as to how to lay this thing out. He told him the outside dimensions. He told him how he wanted it laid out on the inside. Now, whenever we think about Noah building the ark, we're like, okay, so here's how it plays out in your mind. God told Noah to build an ark. He said to Noah, here's the size I want it. I want rooms, window, door, get to it. And then the next thing we picture in our mind is Noah and his three boys with an axe on their shoulder headed off into the woods, cutting down logs and dragging them back to the site and somehow trying to piece them together. And maybe that's not where your mind goes, but it just seems to be the natural tendency. And then we start having all these questions. How, 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 how? Well, first of all, we need to remember that God told Noah he had 120 years. He said, 120 years, I'm going to give man. Now, at what point Noah started the ark, there's some debate. There's debate about everything. Uh, some say that Noah worked 120 years on the boat. Some say that he built it in 80 years. They use different dates in the Bible. We don't know. But whether it was 80 or 120 years, that's a long time to work on a boat, okay? So no need to hang up on that. But Noah had some time to build this ark. Now, I think it's very, very probable that although the Bible doesn't mention boats before this story, that man had already been using boats for quite some time. We know that when God created the earth, that all the water was gathered into seas. There were big bodies of water. Man has lived on earth for 1,500 years. I don't believe that this was the first boat ever built. I believe it was probably the biggest boat ever built, but I don't believe that it was the first boat by any means. But even if it was, if this is the first watercraft ever built, ever in the history of mankind. I don't believe that Noah marched off to the woods and started chopping trees down and dragging them back to the wood lot. Now, Joel and I enjoy watching that uh, show Forged in Fire. I don't know if you can figure out why we enjoy watching that, but uh, Joel enjoys watching that Forged in Fire and on there where they blacksmith the knives out and they give them all different types of metal and then they have so much time that they can make the knife. Uh, the first thing that they do is they show the men the steel that they're going to be using, and then they say, we're going to give you a 30-minute or 10-minute, whatever it is for that episode, design window. And then for, for a few minutes, those men get a scrap of paper. They understand what their building materials are. They understand what they're trying to create, and they take pen and paper, and they begin to design. They begin to work. They begin to design. They begin to draw. They begin to look at it and fit it until the judge says, time's up. Then they have to move on to begin building the knife. I fully believe that after God spoke to Noah and the meeting was over, Noah said, boys, we need to have a family meeting. And he rolled out the parchment and he got out the pen and he said, here's what God has told us to do. He said, we got 100 years to build this thing. I picked 100 because it's right between 80 and 120, all right? God said we got 100 years to build this thing, so I think the best thing we can do, boys, is for the next couple of years is for us to figure out the best way to design this boat. And I imagine that there was a considerable amount of work 
went into designing this watercraft. They, I believe they drew, I believe they pictured, I believe they built models. They probably went and, and made smaller watercraft. They took them out to the creek or to the river or to the ocean and they would watch how they would float. They would watch how they would behave. They would go back to the drawing board and they would draw and they would draw. They would go back to the water and they'd come back and they'd draw. And for us to think that they did anything other than that, is once again our mindset being influenced by evolutionary thinking and thinking that these were ignorant people that didn't have a clue. These were very intelligent people. They were created by God. Amen. Abraham Lincoln said, you give me four hours to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend the first three sharpening my axe. Preparation is important. And I believe that Noah understood that preparation was important. So whenever we have these pictures such as that square box, and we say this must be what Noah built because Noah wouldn't have known. That's a pretty big insult to Noah. I mean, I trained Jordan how to run that, that PowerPoint there in like 15 seconds. And I don't think she's missed a slide yet. People can learn fast. She might be extraordinary. People can learn fast. I believe that Noah, even if he had never heard of a boat, could have easily within a few years, come up with a design that would work. Not only that, I believe the whole time he's sitting there on the parchment drawing, and he's thinking, I believe the Lord is guiding the hand and the mind of Noah. And I believe it is fully capable that Noah designed a watercraft you know the, the boat that's there in Kentucky, and I, I don't mean to, to just be given an advertisement for them, but I do respect the amount of research those people have put into that project. They said that they have got more criticism from Christians than from unbelievers because the boat looks too modern to have been built by Noah. Wake up, Christians. Noah wasn't a caveman. It's very possible that Noah's boat looked more modern than that boat because we are talking about intelligent creatures. Also, people say, how in the world could just four men build a boat that size? Now, there is a possibility that Noah hired help. There's nothing in the Bible that says he didn't, but there's nothing in the Bible that says he did. But it is very, very possible that four men could have built that boat in 100 years. When I was in framing, uh, we had a three-man crew. And a normal four-corner house, straight gable house, we could frame that rascal in three days. Three men, three days. Now, I know that we had air tools and, uh, you know, we had power saws. But, you know, we're talking about three days compared to 100 years. So, you know, I believe it's very possible that four men in 100 years could have built something this big. No problem whatsoever. I also think it's very probable that Noah could have hired people to help with the ark. So this is something that was very possible, very easy to be done. The next thing that we see in verses 18 down through verse number 20, the Bible records the passengers on the ark. The Bible records that there were some passengers on the ark. and Now we know who those were. The Bible says in verse number 18, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wives and thy sons' wives with thee. 
And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. There were some passengers for the ark. It was Noah and his family was to be on the ark. And then every kind of of animal. Now there is so much that we could get into on the kinds of animals and we may come back to this but we understand that there was more than enough room on the ark for all the animals. I think that uh, folks have said that you could have easily housed uh, like 125,000 sheep on the ark. Uh, just taking one animal one size, plenty of room. Uh, you could hold the same amount of livestock as 500 uh, rail cars. Uh, I mean, there was just all kinds of room on the ark. Uh, most people agree uh, that Noah would not have had to take anywhere near that amount of animals. And we may look at this a little more in detail later on. But Noah had plenty of room for everything that needed to be on the ark. And also we need to understand the use of the word kind. This wasn't necessarily every species of animal, but this was two of every kind of animal. Two dogs, that's all. We don't need bloodhounds and German shepherds and poodles. We just need two dogs. I don't think poodles were on the ark. I think that was something that happened afterwards and some kind of mutation. I know a lot, now that we've started mixing poodles with Irish setters and Labradors and all this, people love them, but I still, you know, poodle. Uh, and I'm going to someday own one because Melissa loves these Irish doodle things, so probably someday I'll get soft and have her one, but Anyway, I still think they were a mutation. And, uh, but anyway, just two of every kind, two of every kind. And whenever you look at it that way, and of course, as Pastor Larry always said, whenever you uh, want to know how he got the dinosaurs on the ark, he just brought two baby dinosaurs, a blue one and a pink one, and we were all set. And so, <laughs> so, but uh, it is very likely on a more serious note that uh, Noah would have brought uh, of the of the big dinosaurs, in which there's really only a few species of dinosaurs that grew to enormous sizes, and he could have brought young ones of those very easily and fit them on the ark. So these are the passengers of the ark, and then I'm just trying to just trying to finish up here. I told Aiden I'd wrap up at ten till, and I'm missing my mark. Last thing we want to look at here is the sustenance of the ark, the provision. He said in verse 21, "And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten." And thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. There's something that I like right here in this sustenance. I see your, your blanks there is a variety of food, and then it's not in the verse, but I also put a source of drinking water. But I love what the first phrase of verse number one say, or verse number 21 says, and it just shows me the goodness of God in caring for his people. It says, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten. It's a variety. Whenever I go hiking, I tend to just carry rice. It's easy to carry. It's easy to cook. Take rice. And after a three-day hike, I'm sick of rice. I don't like rice no more. There's no way you can fix it. And we tend to just put boiling water on rice and eat the rice. And I mean, after three days of that, it just it's still giving you what you need, but it just don't taste good anymore. 
Now, if I had been instructed Noah, I'd have said, Noah, rice keeps good. You can store a lot of it in a little bit of space. So, Noah, just pack that boat full of rice. I know it's going to get tiring, but rice will get you through, Noah. No, God said, Noah, fill that boat up with every kind of food. Noah, you're going to be on there a long time, and you're going to get tired of oats and rice. Make sure you got a variety, Noah. You know what? God is interested in making sure that his people have not only their needs, but their wants met. Right. He loves to meet not only our needs, but also our wants. He said, Take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, gathered unto thee, and it shall be food for thee and for them. I believe that the ark was perfectly designed to provide Noah and his family with everything they needed to preserve their life, to protect them from judgment, and to reestablish them once the judgment had passed. You know, it's true that God's ways are not our ways. And many times when we consider God's way within the realm of our human understanding, God's ways often not saying anything against God, saying something against our human understanding, His ways seem absurd. They seem unrealistic. They seem unattainable. They seem impossible. His ways are not our ways. But I guarantee you, His ways are always better than our ways. His ways always are far superior than anything we could ever think or imagine. Noah preserved his own life, the life of his family, the animal kingdom by simply obeying God. And you know what? You and I would do well to learn to simply obey what God says. Even if it seems absurd, even if it seems like it doesn't fit, even if everybody else makes fun of it, simply obey God even when what he's asking seems unrealistic because God knows what we need. That ark seemed like the most far out thing mankind had seen, but God knew this is what Noah needed. Everyone thought Noah was crazy, but in reality, Noah was connected to the wisdom of God. Everybody thought he had lost his mind, but he had really found safety in simply trusting and obeying God. We look at this story and these facts of the ark, and I know we're familiar with these facts, but I think that it will help us to remember, no matter how far out, what the Word of God says seems to be. It would do us well to simply trust and obey because God knows what is best. Following God has never been popular, but following God is always rewarding. When we look at this story of the ark, we need to remember This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The world did not approve of the ark, but God did, and it preserved Noah. The world may not approve of our Christian lifestyle, but God does, and it is what will preserve us in the end. I pray this has been a blessing to you this evening. I love the story of Noah's Ark. I've been to the Ark Encounter twice, and I hope to go back a dozen more times. I'm telling you what, I just love it. Love the story of God's Word. Love seeing that His Word is true. Love seeing that what God says works. And just simply believing. You know what the world says? We're crazy for believing God. But when I look at what they believe, I think we seem like some pretty sane people. Just believe what God says. Amen. Hope that was a blessing to you this evening. We're going to close this evening in a season of prayer.